Hail and well met, Traveler. Welcome to Threat Dice, a podcast about tabletop role-playing games, storytelling, and the vagaries of the dice. I'm your host, Kylan Wigan. I am one-third of the team at TumbleDye Games, a young company developing a new hybrid storytelling RPG called Trove. We believe in the power of story, and the goal of Trove is to simulate the arc and tension of a three-act story within the framework of a tabletop RPG. You can find out more at www.tumbledye.com, or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, at TumbleDye, or Instagram. One of our North Star guiding light principles here at TumbleDye is one we've taken to calling player agency. It's something that the three of us, myself, Kevin, and Andy, who you've met on previous episodes, have discussed at length. It's sort of a strange concept. When it's not a primary consideration, tabletop RPG campaigns, sessions, what have you, tend to have either too little player agency or too much of it. Rarely, in my personal experience, is the right balance struck. So today, let's talk a bit about what I mean by the concept of player agency, what it is, how it applies to our games, and how we can endeavor to find a middle ground between locking our players into predetermined outcomes and turning them loose with absolutely no idea of where to go or what to pursue in our games. Let's start with a definition. What do I mean when I say player agency? In a tabletop RPG, there are two primary roles. First, the GM, who is the person in charge of the world, setting, story, and almost everybody in the entire world. Second, the players, who each take on a single role in the vast expanse of existence, and agree to guide that single person through the world and the events as orchestrated by the GM. Each player inhabits the mind of a single person in an entire fictional world, making that one character come alive in a way that none of the others in the world are. We take our player, now clearly defined as one of the people at the table inhabiting a single role in the secondary world of the game, and combine that with the following definition of agency. The capacity to act or exert power. There is a fundamental power imbalance in tabletop RPGs. This is by design. One person, the GM, takes on the enormous task of creating and maintaining a theoretically infinite world full of ideas, people, and places, all concocted by a single mind. The rest of the people in the game are the players, who have a much more limited role. The nature of this power imbalance creates all sorts of potential for conflict. In the best-case scenario, when everything is going well, you have a GM spinning endless stories to the players. The players are engaged with the narrative, actively seeking to discover what's happening and explore the world that the GM has created. In the second worst-case scenario, this power imbalance leads to power struggles. GMs who believe it's their job not to challenge the place of the characters, but to challenge the players directly. GMs who wield the power gifted to them by the players to be adversarial, unpleasant, and full of spite. GMs who write a story more fit for a novel, where everything must happen in a certain order, and so they use a heavy hand to drag unwilling players along for a ride they didn't sign up for. Players who, frustrated by a GM who refuses to relinquish any iota of control, check out of the game. They seek to push against the illusory boundaries, to break the game, to jump the tracks, and get off the railroad. 
In the third worst-case scenario, you have the opposite. A GM so worried about railroading their players that they keep their hand off the wheel entirely. They present an enormous, open world that they have thoroughly developed in their mind, but fail to clearly explain to their players. They say things like, In my game, you can do anything you want. Forgetting that even in our real lives, we can't actually do anything we want at any given moment. There are limitations based on time, place, situation, and plenty of other factors. In theory, I could get on a plane and fly to Southeast Asia today, right? But first I'd need to buy a ticket. Do I have the money for that? What about when the next flight leaves? Can I get myself from where I am right now to the airport in time to do that? And so on. I'll leave the detailed discussions about the actual worst-case scenario out. If you're morbidly curious, go visit reddit.com slash rpghorrorstories and get your fix. People sometimes are just awful. Even though it's hard to see, fictional characters have those same limitations. What they can do depends on where they are right now, what resources they have at their disposal, and what limitations might be preventing them from doing just anything. Turning players loose in a world and telling them that they can do anything, with absolutely no clue on where to start, is almost as much a recipe for disaster as railroading them so tightly that they can't breathe. It's true that there are some players who thrive in what we call the sandbox, that open world where anything is possible, but it's my experience that most players need a little nudge here and there. Human psychology just doesn't seem that good at choosing from an infinite list of choices. We're much better at scanning high-level for something of interest, something shiny, something colorful, something that stands out, and then making choices from among those things. Okay, so now we have a working definition, and some ideas about what can happen if the players have no agency, or what can happen if they have too much. In the first case, it becomes a petty power struggle, and nobody has fun. In the second, the players drift aimlessly, unsure of what might be important, and the GM becomes frustrated because they aren't engaged, and nobody has fun. How can we strike a balance so that our players feel like they have the capacity to act or exert power on the game, but not so much that they are lost and aimless without any idea of what might be possible? I think that the first place to start is with the players. The whole group needs to be on board with whatever approach the game is going to take. Some players might desire higher agency, and some players might just want to be along for the ride. Figuring out where the players are is going to be step one in any successful journey, and the question of agency is just as important as any other. Do the players expect strong story beats and quest markers to keep them moving forward? Do they want to be presented with a wide open space that allows for a lot of latitude? Those are good questions for a session zero, see our very first episode for more on that subject, and should absolutely be part of the conversation. But what if your players are new, or aren't sure what they want? They probably don't want a railroad, because you can bet they've heard the term and know that it's bad, right? A lot of players will clamor for a sandbox, but then immediately grind to a halt, because they don't know what to do when presented with infinite options. For the GM who wants to give their players more agency in the story, but wants to avoid the problem of too many choices, we need a format, a template if you will. One that gives the players a clear idea of what is happening around them, what their limitations are, and what needs to be addressed. 
one that provides them with the opportunity to make real, impactful choices that result in consequences, regardless of the option they picked. And finally, our template should make those consequences matter, and draw them to a narratively satisfying result of those consequences, regardless of whether the outcome is good or bad. One important thing is that the final outcome of a successful, balanced, player agency game must be a result of the player's choices. Those choices are combined with the natural outcomes of the world, setting, and NPCs involved in the situation. The resolution cannot come from any preconceived or pre-written plot points, and not from any deus ex machina introduced by the GM in order to manhandle the result into one shape or another. So, from a high-level perspective, we need a template, an idea, that provides a reminder of this thought process. And I found one, in a Zweihander adventure called Queen of Embers. They call it the Story Diamond. How's it work? Well, it goes like this. The beginning of the adventure is, quote, on rails, in order to provide the players a clear idea of where they are, what is happening, what is important, and what their limitations are. These might be, in no particular order, physical location, political considerations, available resources, and so on. During this section, the GM introduces a problem, or set of problems, that the players and their characters are able to take immediate action upon. It provides the stakes. What's at risk here? Then, the diamond opens up in the middle. The players have multiple avenues to pursue. They might invent things out of whole cloth here, ideas that the GM may not have considered. They might pursue red herrings, talk to critical or utterly unimportant NPCs in their attempt to address the problems as described at the beginning. It's here that they will make their choices and set the consequences in motion. Finally, as players' choices result in more and more consequences, the story rolls downhill to its conclusion, building bigger and bigger until the final outcome of the situation is resolved. Whether it's in their favor or not is critically important. The outcome, good or bad, must feel like a direct result of the choices they made along the way. Now, it would be easy to make the mistake of allowing too much agency during the middle part. The GM will need to have clear signals going up about what is important, about who to talk to. NPC dialogue and exposition can both deliver information. Things happening, fires, murders, whatever, can draw the player's attention to the things that are critical. As long as there are multiple threads running concurrently, the players always have limited attention, and therefore must make choices about what to look at. By using this pretty simple diamond template, focused at first, opening up to more choice and latitude in the middle, and then allowing those choices to bring the situation to a conclusion, we can create a game where the players have real impact on the ending, whether wittingly or not. And that, my friends, is a recipe for a great game situation. Here's another consideration. Truly making this work also requires a sense of time within the narrative. In order for player agency and consequences to feel like they matter, the player's time must be limited somehow. Threads must resolve themselves independently if unaddressed. Choosing not to act on something is still a choice, and it shouldn't be able to be ignored forever. Choosing to ignore something and having it result in an unpleasant way is a good reminder to the players that their choices matter. This requires a lot of the GM, but honestly, it's a great way to level up the storytelling in the game. 
Giving players real impact on the outcome, through their choices, changes the whole way the game works. It edges toward a more cooperative endeavor, especially when you take their good ideas and run with them. Sometimes a player, on a whim, will introduce a complication to a game all on their own, unprompted. When a player drops a seed like that, picking it up and running with it, instead of leaving it on the ground, can make them realize that the GM and the game isn't a one-person show. We're all in this together to have fun, aren't we? Now, that's not to say that you need to run with every idea a player has. There's always going to be lots of jokes and throwaway ideas at any game table, because humor is one way we all relate. But keep an eye out for those really good ideas that get thrown out there once in a while. Pick one up and use it, and watch your player light up when they figure out why that just happened. Okay, so that's the high level of player agency. We present our players with a clear set of priorities and options to choose from. Then, we let the consequences of their choices play out, whether for good or ill. They end up having a real impact on the story and the ending based on their choices, and feel like their participation mattered, that the game's arc actually changed based on the choices that they made. Now, on this subject, there's a second subtopic that needs to be addressed as well. Even if we offer players exactly the right mix of agency in the larger story framework, there's a more granular version of this that we also need to be exceedingly careful about. This one treads a thin line and is especially dangerous when we talk about magical effects. Using our working definition of agency, the capacity to act or exert power, it can be tempting for a GM to want to impose a sense of danger on the player characters by subverting or temporarily removing their power. This includes, but is by no means limited to, effects like charm person, domination, and other such compulsive effects. It also includes any other effects which can induce emotions or thoughts in a player character without the player's input. Like we discussed before, the power agreement at the table is that the GM is in charge of the NPCs and the world, and the players are in charge of the thoughts, feelings, and actions of their PCs. The players identify with their characters, and come to see them as an extension of themselves. When the GM then forcibly takes away their power to act on their own decisions, uses a compulsive effect, or otherwise tells the player how their character must react, the GM robs the player of their agency. That GM is telling the character, and then by extension the player, how they must think and feel about something. This may seem like it could be a dramatic turn in the story, but what actually happens, in my experience, is that the player tends to feel uncomfortable. Keeping a firm line of separation between oneself and one's character is an advanced role-playing technique. Unless you have the player's full and unqualified buy-in ahead of time, using compulsive effects runs the risk of alienating the player and reducing their interest in your game. A player won't always speak up when this happens. They may just silently withdraw, start participating as fully. If they know that the GM will freely use compulsion to make them do what the GM wants, they feel as though their impact on the game is reduced. And what they do matters less. If the GM uses that power to do something even worse, like force emotions on a player via their character, they may just stop coming to the game entirely. For myself, I have stopped using mind-controlling effects on player characters. The agreement I make with them is that the world and setting are mine, but the minds, action, and emotions of the PCs belong to them. 
I will no longer cross that line. I have never gotten anything but poor reaction from it from the wide variety of players that I have gamed with over the years. If I have an idea for something like this, I may propose it to the player, offline, just to them, to see if they are interested in pursuing this sort of dramatic option. If not, it gets dropped. If they're interested, we can modify the story to include this kind of effect with the player's full participation in order to tell a certain kind of story. But, using chance to determine whether or not the player gets to make up their own mind how their character reacts is now strictly off the table in any game that I run. It's really important to me that everyone at my table has a good time, that they get to experience a story, and that their character and their role in the story belongs to them. There might be great tragedy and great triumph, but how they and their character respond to those circumstances is up to them. They give me the trust to present them a world full of danger and challenge and high drama. I, in turn, grant them the trust that their reactions as players, and subsequently as characters, will track with my storytelling. If they don't, the fault is likely mine. Maybe I didn't make the stakes high enough, or maybe it just doesn't click with what they find engaging. I do not feel the need to compel them to take action or to feel a certain way. That is a line I no longer cross. So I just don't give my NPCs those powers. Or if they do have them, they simply do not work on PCs. Perhaps the spirit of the player renders them immune to it. NPCs might mind control other NPCs, or detain them, hold them for ransom, use them for nefarious ends. But my player characters do not suffer those effects. If I've built up the stakes of the story, there's probably a handy NPC I can use for that kind of storytelling. When I do, I achieve better than the same effect, because I didn't have to stop a player from acting. I didn't have to make them miss any playtime. All of the players get the same chance to react as everyone else to an evil NPC doing something unpleasant to one they like. If I compel a character to do something, or feel a certain way, I run a risk, a dangerous risk, of making a player feel uncomfortable, or worse, outright violated. That's not a risk I'm willing to take. We gather around the table for a reason. It's to enjoy each other's company, to tell stories together, and sometimes to explore dangerous or uncomfortable situations. But only in a way where everyone at the table is working together toward the outcome. My last level up in GMing was all about this concept. I am working to build situations with lots of wheels turning, where choosing one thing means leaving something else to resolve on its own, usually in a bad way. Making time matter in my games, where not acting is the same as directly acting on something, because consequences are what make a world feel real. Making sure that the consequences feel natural, that the situation is clearly presented. Making sure that the stakes are painstakingly described, so that when a choice is made, when the dice are rolled, the outcome either way is obvious. And it's up to the dice and the players which way the resolution goes. And then, making sure not to take my players out of the game by compelling them to action or emotion. Using NPCs for dramatic moments and mind-altering effects wherever possible because they aren't granted additional agency by the very nature of the game. PCs are already 
exceptional by their very nature. For me, I find it absolutely critical to respect that difference in every way that matters. I get emotional reactions out of my PCs and their players through story stakes, open information wherever possible, and consequences, instead of trying to tell them what they should be feeling. And, as always, this is what works for me. I hope you find what works for you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Before we go, one quick thing. If you're enjoying Threat Dice, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform, on Podchaser, or tweet us at TumbleDye. I'll read any reviews into the announcements on the next session. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, may the road ever rise to meet you. Threat Dice is a production of TumbleDye Games, LLC. Our intro music is What Lies Beyond, the interludes are Clockwork, and the outro music is Storm, all by Vince Fept. Check out his amazing work at youtube.com slash vincevept, V-I-N-D-S-V-E-P-T. Additional music by Andre Sitkov and Andy Ray. This episode was produced and recorded by me, Kylan Wigan. Agency is a divine gift to you. You are free to choose what you will be and what you will do. You can find Threat Dice on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.